It is. It's me. It's TRG. My name is The Ramblin' Gambler, and I am a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, realest guy in the room. How you's doing? Welcome to episode 89 of our Casino Combat Podcast. As always, this is being recorded live in the glorious Casino Combat Studios in Parts Unknown. I've got a very Atlantic City-focused episode for you today. We will get that started in just a minute, but... First, ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, Guardian and the Jet, this podcast discusses casinos and gambling. Please do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose or that you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know your local problem gambling hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in facts, names, and dates. Have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items, unrelated outcomes may be omitted in the interest of preventing listener boredom. Absolutely. Never want bored listeners. That's not a good thing. We are going to have a very, very focused episode today. Mrs. TRG and I just got back from a spring break week in Atlantic City. So that will kind of be the theme for the episode. We're going to start things off in just a minute with a travel segment. I'm going to focus on the travel and points part of last week, more so than the gambling. Although, I will give you the gambling results for the week very quickly as well. I fielded a couple of questions last week, and I'll share those questions with you as well as my responses in a Questions My Sons Ask segment. Another Casino Wisdom has been created by an Inner Circle member. It's an excellent one, and we will have a moment of Casino Wisdom to to discuss that and share its very interesting origin story with you. We will finish up, as we always do, in the Virtual VIP Lounge, and I will share with you the tragic tale of Angry Blueberry Bonnie, and we will share some sips. All right, squad, we have a battle plan. Let's jump right into the travel segment. All right, we had an excellent, excellent spring break trip, had a wonderful time. I'm going to do the results first, and I'm not going to do the results as we go. I I think it's really, really important that I always give you honest results, that I always tell you what happened. You know I've said it. You know I believe it. Why would you do any of the things I say works for me if you don't know the results of what I did with those same tools, with those same techniques, with that same casino combat arsenal? Why would you listen? Why would you try it? I wouldn't. So I'm not trying to underplay the results this particular episode, but here's the honest truth. The results are just boring. They are just boring. With one notable exception, which I'm going to get to in just a second, we just won money. We just won money. We just won more than a day's pay like every single day, the entire trip. As I said, one notable exception. I'll explain that in a second, but we just won money every day. Uh, It was all I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, ain't never going to stop. That's what it was. We finished the entire week with a profit of nine days pay, and that's nine days pay after expenses. So that's after what the trip cost. That's after the spa that I'm going to tell you about. That's after a whole variety of things. Pay a little attention to the expenses part of this as you think about that or as we keep that in mind. So total week, nine days pay. I'm not going to break it down for you. This table, this table, this table, this table. And then we went here and we played these three tables. We played these two slot machines. I'm going to hit the highlights I'm going to hit the greatest hits, but end of the line or (laughs) bottom line at the end of the week, nine days pay after expenses. Great trip. A lot of fun. A lot of winning. 
We did have, as I said, one notable exception. We started with a losing day. And it was a loss filled with glorious purpose. You see, we did most of our Easter on Sunday. And then church, or I'm sorry, take that. Let's let's flip that around. We did most of our Easter on Saturday. We had people over. We had a full house. We had a wonderful Easter dinner on Saturday. We did egg hunts with the grandchild on Saturday. We went to church on Sunday. We had brunch on Sunday morning. And at that point... Our family had other places to be and other things to do to continue celebrating Easter with other parts of their family that were not necessarily part of our family. So Mrs. TRG and I were found ourselves packing. We found ourselves kind of getting ready to go. And it's kind of mid-afternoon. And she looks at me and I look at her and she goes, it's a handbag today, isn't it? Meaning the gift that we would receive if we went to my local casino. And I said, yeah, it's a handbag today, and it's uh, one of the larger ones. And she said, all right, well, I would like a handbag, and we are pretty much packed, and the house is clean, and we're ready to leave. Let's go ahead and go down and get the handbag. So we did. We went down. We got the handbag. She had a a small uh, free bet she wanted to play. We had a cocktail, chit-chatted a little bit with some people we know, and and went and hit a blackjack table, and we, we each lost like a third of a day's pay or something, and then once again went, okay, it was fun, we got the handbag, there's no sense in digging in and, and taking a negative exit and then switching tables and then buying back in again and trying to win it back, going to have plenty of chance to win it back. The goal was come down and kick off the trip, and so we did take a very minor loss, uh, less than a day's pay that first, quote, day of, of the week, and that's fine. It's, it's fine to have that sense of uh, this is what we're doing. We'd have also been fine just on the flip side. We'd also both said kind of if we won that much, just that little bit, third of a day's pay each, we'd also be out the door. So we had a plan. We stayed on plan. Following day, get up, jump in the car make the eight-hour drive east to Atlantic City, a drive we're starting to know really well. And by comparison, it is a drive that's much cheaper, significantly cheaper, even with current gas prices, and actually, for the most part, shorter than if we fly to Las Vegas. Because by the time you add in driving to the airport, being the recommended uh, TSA two hours early, getting through security, doing all that in a mask, waiting for your flight, assuming it's on time. It's almost always a connecting flight. Then you're doing a layover. Then you're getting to the airport at where you're going. You're getting to Las Vegas. Then you got to get your bags, get your limo, get to the hotel. It's more than eight hours. And the way back is worse because there's a time change because we're in the, the, uh, the East Coast time zone. So we're really starting to like Atlantic City. And we're also starting to like the fact that we now have relationships with multiple brands there. That branching out. If you've been with me since the beginning, you heard some of that branching out. You heard some of that moving to other brands. And if you haven't listened, let me take you back in time. Let me take you back to before the pandemic. Whether I went by myself or we went as a couple, usually Caesars would put us on a chartered plane for free. They'd comp us a chartered plane. They'd drive us over. They'd put us in a chartered bus. They'd drive us to whatever resort they were comping us to. We'd check in. A couple hours later, we'd get our bags. And after two nights or three nights, they would tell us where the bus would pick us up. And we'd get back on the bus and and we'd head back. And particularly if it was a two-night stay... You're arriving mid to late afternoon on the first day, 
and then that's one night, and you've got the whole full day. The next day, that's the second night, and then you're off and heading out fairly early in the morning on the third day. There's not a lot of time to explore. There's not a lot of time to do if you know Atlantic City well and you're not there for the first time, there's not a whole lot of time to say, oh, I'm going to go take most of an afternoon and put action somewhere else. You put the action, uh, you, you dance with who brought you, right? They paid for the airfare. They paid for the hotel. We've got 48 hours roughly, maybe a little less. It made sense. So we make the eight-hour drive over. We're directly to the hotel. We First stop is Caesars Atlantic City. And we have a comp two-night stay that I set up in the app. Remember that casino wisdom? If there's an app, get the app. Well, the app let me comp the rooms for free. The resort fees were comped. And then a couple days before, the app showed me that I had some upgrade options. And one of them was to have the room decorated with a theme. Not interested in paying for that. One of them was early check-in. Didn't need that. One of them was late check-out. Didn't need that. Those are all things you had to pay for or agree to pay for and then use you know, tax-free imaginary money on the back end to pay for, you know, or pay for with uh, your level of play, get a host to comp that back. But what was interesting is there was an option. We were booked in the Centurion Tower Ocean View, a room we've had many times, a room we really like, one of the better towers at Caesars Atlantic City, but they had an offer to do an upgrade to a junior suite, and it was 10th of a day's pay, trivial amount of money. And my thinking was, it's midweek, it's a low price offer, why not upgrade a little bit, and our total cost for the two nights will be two-tenths, uh, that's one-fifth, if you're a math major out there, one-fifth of a, a day's pay in expenses that will then become points, because when you pay for something with Caesars and you have your rewards card on file, then you get points for the stay that raise you up in level. And I need to get my Caesars level going if I'm going to do anything with that this year. I thought it'd be something a little nice for my wife, for Mrs. TRG as part of her spring break trips. And she wasn't going to be able to actually go in the ocean. Like, a little nicer room. Let's enjoy that a little more. And you can enjoy your ocean view and uh, they had some free slot play for us both days of our stay. Everything looks great on paper. And we get there and we get checked in and she says, oh, and you're in a junior suite and you're going to be in the Forum Tower. And I said, oh, I thought we were in the Centurion Tower. And she says, no, your upgrade puts you in the other tower. And I'm like, oh, OK, fine. Not a big deal. We're getting the junior suite. And we get up to the junior suite and the junior suite is basically just a bigger room with an extra chair and a hallway to a bathroom that's a normal size, and the hallway has a big closet to its left. That's not, there wasn't really anything particularly special about it. And then the kicker is, we the windows have been covered over with like a lattice work, and I suppose if you leaned your head really, really hard to the right from the extreme most left side of the window, you might have seen a little ocean through the lattice work. But we both kind of looked at each other and went, oh, kind of wish we had the other room and didn't have the money spent. Didn't really care about the money, but it's like, this doesn't, th this is not what we were looking forward to. And Mrs. TRG said, oh, it's fine. And I said, you know, if it's not fine... It's, it's a Monday. I'm sure we can work this out. I don't mind calling somebody and asking for what you want. 
If it's not fine, say it's not fine. Yeah, I know it's only two nights, but just, you know, be honest. Tell me what you want. And as you know, we have a casino wisdom that teaches if you don't ask, you don't get. And so I, after asking her three times, she finally conceded that, yeah, she'd just as soon be in a room she's seen and enjoyed multiple times than spend more money that we don't have to spend for a room she'd rather not have. And so I, I called down and a, and a, a wonderful bell uh, uh, desk person, Sean, I think his name was, said, oh, well, where are you? And I, I, I told him and he goes, oh, yeah, okay, let me look here. And he looks at me, he goes, yeah, I, I, I get it. I understand. He goes, um, I can put you back in the Centurion room, but we've, we've got other rooms available that will really feel like what you thought you were going to get and, and will have the view that you wanted. I can do that. I'm going to put you in the ocean tower. And unfortunately, those use different keys, so I can't reprogram the keys from here. But if you just come down to the desk, come down to the diamond line, that's a special line for guests at the third tier in the reward system. So I didn't have to wait in line, walk down. There's maybe one person in front of me. I don't recall. It doesn't matter. But uh, same person who checked me in, and she said, oh, was there a problem? And I said, my wife was looking forward to the ocean view. We called down. We talked to Sean. And, and he switched us over. He said it wasn't a big deal. He thought he had a room we would like much better. And she goes, oh, okay. And, and she types things in and uh, she goes, oh, well, did he mention an upcharge? And I said, no, he didn't mention that. And she goes, oh, okay, I'll do it then. That's fine. So apparently that junior suite was more expensive than the junior suite we were in. And so technically we got a little comp there and uh, what an upgrade it was. I, 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 Posted the room on Instagram. If you want to take a look, you know, roll back through my Instagram account a little bit and you, you can find a video and a walkthrough of the room. Very, very nice room. Exactly what I would think of as a junior suite. And a wonderful little coffee nook where Mrs. TRG was able to sit every morning and enjoy her coffee and enjoy her ocean. She was much, much happier. It was a much nicer room. It was much better laid out. And I'm sure part of that is because it was all brand new. It had that new carpet, new paint, brand new hotel room remodel smell to it. It was a tremendous room. Never stayed in the Oceans Tower before. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Great room. And, you know, put a put a pin in that. Keep that thought in mind because that's going to come up again in, in just a minute. The coffee and the ocean view and, and all of that kind of stuff. And we always like to try to once again, enjoy all our favorite things when we're in places like this. It's been a while. We have uh, several appetizers and desserts that we really, really enjoy at Gordon Ramsay's Pub and Grill at Atlantic City Caesars Palace. And so we did dinner that night at uh, at the Pub and Grill and and got all our favorite things. Got several several of our favorite appetizers. Got the sticky toffee pudding. Had a had a, a great evening. As I said, you know, we won money. We uh, did some gambling next door at Bally's the next day. And we are the still the third tier in their program. So we're third tier with Bally's. We're third tier with Caesars. We're third tier with Borgata. We had planned to use the second day of our trip, that full day that we didn't have any transitions to other properties set up to go to the Atlantic City Aquarium. And when I got ready in the morning to look up the information on how to get to the Atlantic City Aquarium, I find out that they're remodeling the Atlantic City Aquarium this summer. And that does make me go, hmm? Just me, and I know nothing about running aquariums. So if somebody knows something about running aquariums, they might listen to this and go, yeah, 
but you can't do this this way, TRG. But my thinking, if I was running the aquarium, my thinking would be most of the guests come in the summer between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Let's leave the aquarium open when there are lots of people here and let's close it in the winter. But it is closed for the summer to be remodeled. So that kind of scratched that plan. So we decided instead to try to start a relationship with another brand. And we went down to the resorts casino which we were at once maybe six years ago, uh, briefly. They had some type of program going on, and we thought we'd see if we could match, and their program's a little different in terms of doing a tier match because what they do is they tell you, we will match you to this tier if you earn X points today. We will match you to Y tier, the same tier as whatever card you're showing them, if you earn Y points, if you earn more points than just X. And so we said, okay, that's interesting. There was an opportunity there. If I could get 50 points, that I would be at their top tier. They would match my combination of a third tier Caesars and a third tier MGM and put me at the fourth tier in their program. And that sounded interesting. And so we started paying attention. They said, you just, you know, when you're ready to leave, Stop by the stop by the desk and we'll match whatever you've earned. But in the meantime, here's your new card. So we played some slot machines, played a blackjack table, nothing special, nothing to report home about. Kind of took a little break, went and had a little food at the uh, Land Shark Bar and Grill there. That's Jimmy Buffett affiliated. Had a had a uh, you know drink and some food and and watched the ocean, which was part of the reason we were there. Went back over, and this several hours of gambling had earned me like four points, and I needed 50. And we said, okay, well, that's not going to work. Obviously, getting 50 points today is going to take gambling at a much more aggressive level than we had intended. It's going to take a lot more time than we intended. So we went, we saw, we ate, we drank, we conquered in the sense that we had a little money when we left, but we, we didn't achieve anything in tier match. It will be interesting to see if we get any offers from them or if we uh, don't get any offers from them and it was just kind of a wasted trip other than the money. But as a backup plan to what was supposed to be seeing the aquarium, it was fine. And we went back to Caesars and we did some more gambling and I have a really, really interesting experience that I did not enjoy, but that I do want to tell you about. We were walking around, we were looking for a slot machine to play. We were looking for one that fit the parameters in Casino Combat Slot Tactics, my ebook on how we play slots, which is available. If you go to casino.combat.com, if you go to the Fred section, there's a place there that you can download the whole PDF. We're not, not going to try to sell you anything. This is not a pitch. It's just if you want to know how we play slots and do fairly well at it, then the resource is there, the resource is on the website. So we're walking around, we're looking for a slot machine, and I find one I like, and honestly, I don't, I'm more focused here in this story on what happened than I am on the machine itself. And so I, I walk up to the machine. It's, it's, it's showing coins bouncing everywhere. You know, it's showing what it looks like when it pays out. And, and I sit down and I put my card in the slot and I get smacked on the shoulder and a woman is yelling at me, what are you doing? Why are you taking my machine? You're trying to steal my jackpot. And she's calling for security. And I stood up, stood up and said, what are you talking about? And she points out that there's money in the machine and this is her jackpot. It's not in demo mode. That's the confusion here, folks. 
She had walked away from the machine. She had walked away from a machine with money in it, spitting out a jackpot. Her card isn't in the machine. The seat isn't tipped up to show the machine is being used. Other than the fact that there was a little money in the machine that I didn't notice, there was nothing to tell anyone that anyone was playing this. And she had done all that to go get her friend, her sister, her mom, her somebody, and show them this great jackpot that she was in the process of winning. And now she thinks that I'm aware of all this and trying to steal her jackpot. So now her friends, her mom, her relatives, whoever are coming up with her, and they're saying, what are you doing? I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just slow down. We can get security if we need to. If there's a problem here, we can find a casino solution. That's also a casino wisdom. He said, I saw a machine with no player, no card, that I thought was demoing what a jackpot would look like. I'm sorry that I didn't know, and I apologize. But I do not appreciate you putting your hands on me. I do not appreciate being struck and now you can see it in their faces. You can see that technically, if we're going to contact security, they're going to say they thought I was stealing their jackpot. And I'm going to say there was no card, there was no human, there was no chair tipped. I thought that it was in demo mode, and I was struck and I do not appreciate being struck over a misunderstanding. I didn't damage them, folks. I did not harm them in any way. I did not take anything that belonged to them. I made a mistake and sat in a chair based on not seeing $9 left that could have been played out. They decided we didn't really need to contact security, that it wasn't a big deal, And I got a number of very sincere apologies. Her two relatives were like, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. Shouldn't have happened. We're sorry. So it all worked out. Just a unique experience. And I'll be honest, I try to learn from these experiences. I try to pay attention a little more. Try, you know, normally I just say, oh, there's no card in the machine. Nobody's playing it. Pretty reasonable, I think. But I would like to avoid this problem in the future because it could have escalated. And it could have gotten a lot worse than it was. So we did, uh, we did... Two nights, uh, three days there, checked out. Anything we'd spent along the way, the Gordon Ramsay and this and that, had all gotten charged to the room. The couple little upcharges for the, the very, very nice junior suite couldn't have been happier with the room. All of that had been charged to the room, so all of that turned into tier credits, which helped with status. And where was that room charged? Where where was the expenses for that room going to go? Expenses we could have easily paid in cash on the way out. It went to the MGM card. Now, I did speak to a host by phone on the way out, and I told him that I did not want to take any of my tax-free imaginary money, that we had a fair amount of points, but I didn't want to take those points. But if there were other things that he thought he could comp off, I'd appreciate him taking a look. And I did a few days later get an adjustment portfolio in an email. He did take off a few minor things. But this is one of those technique points. This is one of those casino combat technique points that you always need to be aware of. And that's why I wanted to focus on this more as travel than results. Because I do want to bring you back around. We haven't talked about this in a while. You charge everything to the room. You make sure your re- your rewards card is on file as part of the process of registering the room, uh, reserving the room, I should say. And you 
charge everything to the room the whole trip, even the most minor thing, because all of those purchases with real money are going to become tier points, which are also going to become tax-free, imaginary free money points. Then you speak to a host on the way out and you can let the host use points if you want, or you can tell the host you don't want to as I did. And usually, in my experience, they usually, if you've played a lot, they usually try to find something to take off just as a, a gesture of goodwill. And we've been playing around a little bit, uh, my wife and I, in our conversations, we've been talking a little bit about why were we only doing two nights at Borgata? Because that's what Borgata comped us, was two nights. Borgata really wasn't willing to comp us a Friday or a Saturday. That relationship is still pretty new. So... Mrs. TRG said, I don't care if we get home on Friday or if we get home on Saturday, we're here. Why don't we just get another night from Bally's or something like that? And we made a couple phone calls. Bally's would have been let us willing to let us stay two more nights, comped, no resort fees. They just had no more comped rooms available when I called. And I called on like Wednesday. So that's very reasonable. My point is, we were kind of planning on the fly. If we'd have planned a little more out front, we could have done Friday night and even Saturday night comped. And then quite frankly, we could have done Sunday and Monday comped at Tropicana and then done two more nights at Bally's. We could have made this a much longer stay if we had chosen to just using points and comps. But that... We just didn't plan far enough in ahead. We were making it up as we go. I did inquire. I did ask if uh, we could extend our, our stay a third night. And when we checked in and the young lady at the desk said we could, but it would be at the casino rate. And that rate was a little over a half, call it two thirds of a day's pay. We'd been doing great. It, it had been a, a profitable winning trip at that point. And I said, sure. And Mrs. TRG said, what do you think? And I said, yes, you should do it. And she said, what? And I said, you were going to say, should you go get a massage? And I said, yes, you should. You should do that tomorrow. We've got the whole day. We're going to be here a little longer. So we did make a, a spa appointment for Mrs. TRG so that she could enjoy that, something that she really likes to do. And again, we might have had enough tax-free, imaginary-free money to to pay for that. We chose not to. We chose to just make that an expense, once again, to the room to the MGM card, points, and then more points, and then more points on things that we could easily afford to pay for because, quite frankly, other than some tips and some this and some that, we didn't have a whole lot of expenses. They gave us a variety of free this, free that, free the other thing, which we'll hear about next episode when we uh, recap the month, as we always do, but we've never stayed in Borgata. This was our first time at Borgata. This was our first time staying there. We've been expanding into the MGM brand. We may kind of become more MGM exclusive. We'll see how that all goes. But we've been building that relationship up to the point where we got a couple comp tonights, and we just absolutely love Borgata. It is wonderful. The room was wonderful. We were on the 38th floor. Yeah, we were on the 38th floor. The view of the boardwalk and the ocean was just absolutely wonderful and amazing. The room was great. The finishes features were all great. It was all fabulous. The rules at the tables were excellent, and we're going to hear a little bit more about that, but that's important. It's important to understand the rules you're going to have. It's important to understand the choices you're going to have. A great hotel and a great room and a great view, if they don't have plenty of tables or they don't have good rules, is kind of a waste of 
time. And one of the things we got to do on this trip that I'd been really looking forward to was we got to visit their VIP lounge. And I, if you don't know, if you're not aware, if you are a first timer, TRG loves him some some VIP lounge in the real world. And I really like Atlantic City VIP lounges. And, And let me give you a little illustration and let me tell you why. When Caesars still had VIP lounges in Atlantic or in Las Vegas, they've gotten rid of those now for the most part. When they still had VIP lounges in in Las Vegas, they'd be very nice rooms and they'd have very nice bottles, but you'd stop in say to the one between Paris and and Planet Hollywood and, you know, it'd open at 12 or one o'clock and they'd have some pretzels and some chips and maybe some salsa and some brownies or cookies. And maybe around five o'clock, they'd bring out some hot dogs or some tacos. And that would be about it. Great place to get drinks without having to do any gambling, to step away from the casino floor, to get a quieter space, to watch some floor, some sports, to maybe make some new friends, maybe make some new allies and have a little snack, but it was a snack. You could, I suppose, eat nine tacos and call that a meal, but it was a snack. Now in Atlantic, and to be fair, uh, Tunica, Tunica Diamond Lounge, what they would call a Laurel Lounge now the last time we were there, they had what you would call heavy hors d'oeuvres that they would put out for a couple hours in the evening. Perfectly fine. Not complaining. Similar experience at, um, oh, what's that one on the Colorado River? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Laughlin. Similar thing in Laughlin, right? They'd have an entree and, and a couple sides and a dessert and, and there you go. Well, every single VIP lounge I've been to in Atlantic City, one of the reasons I love Atlantic City is they will have their main buffet, their big buffet that's $60, $70. And then they'll have their VIP lounge. And the VIP lounge will have a mini buffet. For instance, on the first night that we were there, and I'm not going to get all of it here, the, the lounge at, uh, at Borgata had a carving station with two meats. It had a pasta station. It had three different kinds of shrimp. Shrimp fixed three ways. It had a hot dog bar. It had a deli bar. It had a dessert bar. It had cabbage rolls. It had fried fish, sea bass, I think, maybe not. But the point is, it was a mini buffet. If you didn't like a, it's not like, oh, you don't like tacos? Well, we don't have anything for you. It's not like, oh, you don't eat brownies because of the sugar. We have this sugar. You know, it's not, okay, too bad. It's, oh, we have this sugar-free option and this sugar-free option. And, oh, you really don't like chocolate? Well, we also have strawberry pie. It's that kind of thing. And then kind of a real interesting, very TRG on brand kind of story. So we're seated at a table. The waitress brings us a, uh, uh, a cocktail. We go and get some food. We get another, uh, a little more food. We get a, a dessert and the waitress comes by while we're having dessert and says, did you want another cocktail? And we said, you know, We've never been here before. We think that we are going to go and have our second drink at the bar. And so we, she said, oh, that's great. That's fine. Actually, thank you for freeing up my table. So, of course, we, we leave a tip there, right? Got to do the right thing and leave a tip there. And we go over to the bar and we sit down and the bartender says, what do you want? And we just reflexively, instinctively give him our standard cocktail orders. Very middle shelf, normal things. And Mrs. TRG had... Tito's and Cran, and I had Crown and Diet, and very, very standard kinds of, of beverages. And he brings the beverages, and I thank him. He says, let me know if you need something else. And, you know, Mrs. TRG says, 
are we just having one? And I kind of said, well, after what I just realized, no, we are definitely having one more. And she said, I mean, in here. I said, yeah, we're definitely having one more in here. And she said, oh, well, why is that? And I said, because look at their bottom shelf, dear. And she goes, explain it to me. I'm not getting it. Just explain it to me. And I proceed to point out to her that their bottom shelf of dark liquors is Maker's Mark 9, Johnny Walker Black, Glenn Levitt, 12-year-old Scotch, easy for me to say, Glenn Levitt, 12-year-old Scotch, and McClellan, 12-year-old Scotch. Those are not normal bottles on a bottom shelf. Those are normally top, top shelf bottles if the bar even has them. And I regretted the fact that I had reflexively ordered (laughs) Crown and Diet. So we did stick around a little bit longer. We did linger and chit chat and, and enjoy each other's company. And I did sample the McClellan 12 and enjoyed it a great deal. Another quick thing that I will point out. Atlantic City has things structured very effectively. So I'm gold, which is the third tier. I should say we. Mrs. TRG and I's cards are linked, which is something you can do in MGM. You can link your card with one other person's card if both of you are there in person. And the points you earn, earn status for both of you. And both of you can use any of the comps. So Mrs. TRG could take her wife or her mom or a girlfriend and go to an MGM property without me and enjoy that status. Uh, Even though her play hasn't necessarily earned that status, she could still use it. So if you're third tier, if you're gold in their system, you can spend $10 per person of the free tax-free imaginary money that they've given you to get into the lounge, which is very appropriate. Given the way the food and the drinks are laid out, it's very reasonable that they want to have you pay something. And I've seen this a couple times with a couple different brands. Someone will come up and show their card and they have the right level card. And then the card gets swiped and they get told, well, I'm sorry, we need 10 uh, comp dollars, 10, you know, tax-free, free imaginary money dollars. And, and you don't have that. And the person will always go, oh, I'll just pay the $10. You can't. You can't pay the $10. You have to gamble enough to earn $10 to get into the VIP lounge. And that makes sense because tier matching is very, very available. And what they're trying to prevent quite reasonably is someone tier matching from Caesars Diamond having earned it to MGM Gold having not earned it, then do no gambling, but just stop by and enjoy the buffet every day. That's what they're trying to avoid. So it makes a lot of sense. That's also why, particularly with Caesars, Caesars is the same way. Because I really don't have enough exposure to either of those brands to reliably reach tier four, where all of this would be fully comped, whether you did any gambling or not, I try to protect those points and make sure that I have enough points of those available that if we want to get into one of the lounges, we can get into one of the lounges. And we actually did that. We actually did a a second visit to the Borgata Lounge a couple days later because we really enjoyed it. And uh, I told you Mrs. TRG did a spa day. She did a spa day right before we went over and met uh, some members of the Inner Circle And while she was doing that, I played some blackjack and I met Angry Blueberry Bonnie and Angry Blueberry Bonnie and her tragic, tragic story is going to be our story in the virtual VIP lounge to wrap up the episode. 
once Mrs. TRG had finished with her spa day, I did some texting back and forth and we took a cab over and we met inner circle member, East Coast emissary, fourth to the ring, uh, an ally who's quickly becoming a friend. We met him and his lovely wife and it just does not do her justice to just call her Mrs. ECE. It just doesn't. She is Mrs. ECE, but we're getting to know her. She's a wonderful person and and she's a supporter of the podcast and she just needs her own call sign. So his lovely wife, Atlantic City Empress of Casino Combat, they had invited us to come over and join them in their VIP lounge, show us their home casino, give us the VIP tour, as they said, of the Oceans Resort and Casino. We we had some champagne. They wanted to, to you know give us a sense of the whole casino. They wanted to show us their home casino. We uh, we had some champagne in their room. The room was beautiful. Great big tall floor to ceiling windows. Wonderful rules. We had dinner. They uh, they were able to comp themselves and us dinner in the VIP lounge. Had a wonderful dinner. Had some wonderful cocktails. Had some wonderful fellowship in every sense of the word. Had a, had a great evening. They showed us around. Showed us everything. The blackjack rules were very very good. No complaints about those. The casino floor had lots of natural wood. Lots of light. No reason that this could not be a home casino. Now, they live about an hour and a half's drive away, so this is, as they said, just kind of where they evolved and landed. They tried out a few different places over time. The comps there were good. They liked the rooms. They liked the restaurants. They liked the views. They liked the location. It's a brand that works for them. I've got to tell you, if I lived an hour and a half away, I could see that being my home casino. It was wonderful. We had a wonderful time with them. And I received the biggest compliment. At least it's a, a, a big compliment to me. I was, I was just flattered. I was humbled. It turns out that ECE, East Coast Emissary, often shares stories from the podcast with people. And in fact, a couple of times when we were hanging out at Oceans, the Atlantic City Empress would look at him and go, now, is that one of his stories or is that one of your stories? And he'd tell her, oh, that's my story. Oh, that's his story. Sometimes it was his. Sometimes it was mine. What a wonderful and humbling compliment. Just uh, amazing. My stories have always been just my stories. Uh, my kids hear them once in a while. People in casinos that I'm in hear them once in a while. People in VIP lounges with me hear them once in a while. They were just my stories. And the idea that my stories are now our stories and get repeated and enjoyed. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm getting kerflemmed. I, I just can't tell you how flattered and honored I am. That is wonderful. If a story I told you is good enough that you want to share it and other people can't tell if it's yours or mine, you just go ahead. You just absolutely go ahead. I have zero problem with the idea that my gambling journey is, is our journey. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Another item that ECE showed me as we were playing some blackjack together is a trick he's developed from some things I've taught that I love so much that I've started using it. So he will buy in and he will buy in with 12 units instead of 10. And then just a few moments later as the game starts, he pockets two units. So he's only got 10 units in front of him, but the house thinks he's in for 12. That means when the house 
settles him out and takes him off the table, they are wrong by at least two units in what he's done. Either they see him as losing more than he lost or winning less than he won. Is an excellent trick. It is an excellent technique. It falls right in line with some of those things that I've talked about in past episodes, and I have borrowed it. I have implemented it. I have started using it in my continued uh, in my continued journey, in my continued voyage, in my continued process. It's just an excellent trick. It's very very well executed. So we had a nice night. We did not. Uh, I'm going to tell you some more about my my uh, my time with ECE here in a minute when we get to questions. He had a really good one, but he had established some firm ground rules kind of right up front that based on how things had been going in his day, based on how things had been going in his process, his limit was two tables. Two tables, two buys. Obviously, if we win, that's different. But if things did not go well, his limit was two tables, two buys. And unfortunately... That happened more quickly than I think either of us would like. Neither of us did particularly well. I took a couple small losses. He took a couple small losses. We found his wife. We, we, we looked at a few more things. He showed us a few more parts of the casino. And we wrapped up a wonderful and lovely evening. And we had taken a cab over instead of driving our car because... I was concerned that if the night got late and we'd had more than just one or two cocktails, that it really wasn't going to be safe to drive. And the last thing I want to do is be unsafe to drive. And the last thing I want to do is be even a little bit subpar in my driving when I don't know where I'm going. Just not in any way a good choice. So we took a cab over, didn't think anything about it. And to our surprise, when we walk out of the casino, there are no taxis. It's off season. There are no cabs waiting. And a gentleman says, if you're looking for a cab, I'll take you to where are you going? And I said, Borgata. And he goes, I'll take you to Borgata. And he named a figure. I don't remember what it was, but I remember thinking it was, you know, maybe twice as much as what we had paid the cab to take us there. And uh, so I said, sure, that's great. No problem. Absolutely fine. So we get in the limo and Mrs. TRG reminds me that I had been looking for a place to replace some of the adult beverages in our hotel room. We're getting toward the end of our stay and our adult beverage supply is getting just a little bit low. If we want, if we have things go badly when we get back to the casino and we want to just retreat to our room for a nightcap, that's going to be a bit of a trick. And we had looked around at Borgata and hadn't found a store that uh, would solve that problem. So I said to the limo driver after her prompt, is uh, I said, I'll, I'll sweeten the deal. I'm not trying to stiff you. I'll sweeten the deal, but I could really use a stop at a liquor store if you don't mind. And he goes, oh, no, no problem. I got to turn around here, but no, no problem. We got you. We got you. So we got our music on the Bluetooth in the limo. We're enjoying the limo, and he pulls up, and it's a less than great neighborhood. And that's true of a lot of Atlantic City, just a couple blocks off the boardwalk. And I'm kind of thinking as I'm walking in, in these $500 uh, ostrich skin boots and a vest and the Lamborghini watch and the casino combat ring that maybe I haven't done the smartest thing in the world here, particularly given the amount of cash that I'm carrying. But casino wisdom teaches us you have to carry defense because you always carry cash. And so I was very aware of that. And you know what? In a lot of ways, people are just people. Because there were 
couple gentlemen lingering outside the, the liquor store. There was one man that clearly appeared to be homeless outside the liquor store. And as I'm walking by him and aware of everything, he says to me, now you, sir, have some very, very nice boots. And I said, well, thank you. And went, went into the liquor store and, and picked up the things we needed. And on the way out, tipped him some of the change. A very, very wise man had told me in confidence as part of our trip to Atlantic City that uh, maybe I needed to be buying the coffee a little more. And I've really taken that to heart. And I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. But I have taken that to heart. And, and so I, I made a donation to the gentleman that appreciated my boots. And we got back in, uh, got back in the limo and Mrs. TRG goes, you okay? I almost thought I needed to come with you. I'm not, I said, it was fine. Met a friend who had not, who appreciated my boots. We're all good. We, uh, we, uh, as I said, we had one more night at Borgata. The great part about one more night at Borgata is they have a comedy club. And they comped us the comedy club tickets right on the kiosk without even asking. So we had our entertainment for the evening. We had a great day of gambling. We had a lot of fun. Side note to ECE's I'm good for two and that's it and I have to be done. I I also took two losses, but my next table the next morning while Mrs. TRG was getting ready for me to meet her, my next table was tier two Meta Martingale and tier two Meta Martingale doubles the unit size, doubles the buy-in, and very quickly fixed my problem from the night before and started my profits for the next day. Really, really a fan of that. Mrs. TRG, not really, really a fan of that. She doesn't like it when I do that, except it works most of the time. And so she admits she doesn't like it, but she also admits that there are some results. So we were back on track from the night before. And uh, as I said, went to the comedy club. Went to dinner in the VIP lounge again, sampled the other scotch again in the VIP lounge, and enjoyed the comp comedy club and decided that it uh, had been a while since we had anything to eat. And they've got this really cool bar called the Long Bar right off the casino. And it's really just a hallway with a bar on one side and some two tops at the other. And we had a couple of interesting experiences in the Long Bar. The comedians from the comedy show were all hanging out there and they had involved me lightly in the, uh, in the banter to set up their act. The one comedian had asked where everybody was from and I said, Ohio. And he said, okay, folks, well, apparently we have a cowboy from Ohio with us here at in Atlantic city this evening, enjoying the boardwalk, I guess, in some very nice boots and a vest. So we had interacted with them a little bit and we said, uh, hey, you know, we were at the show. We really enjoyed it. You did a great job. Really thought you were fabulous. You know, if you'd like us to buy the next round of drinks, we'll buy the next round of drinks. As I said, I was kind of told I should buy some coffee. And so we bought them drinks and, and we had another round and chit-chat with them for just a minute. And there was a, a young woman, a, a very attractive young woman, and a, a, a friend of hers and, a, and another gentleman, as, as I recall. And I wasn't paying a lot of attention to them. We were talking to the comedians. And she had chips and salsa and ordered it and then acted like she was going to leave. They were getting sorted out and they were paying their bill and acting like they were going to go. And Mrs. TRG is going... If she leaves her chips, we're fine. But otherwise, I have to order some chips. And I'm like, sure, no problem. And as the girl's packing up her chips, she goes, yeah, we're going out. I just got to make sure I have a snack for later for more energy. 
Keep in mind, that'll come back in a minute. Don't forget that one because got to make sure I can keep up my energy later. I'm probably going to need it. But if you want the rest of these chips, you're welcome to these. I can't take all of them with me in this to-go pack. And my wife said, oh, that's nice of you. And the young woman says to, to Mrs. TRG, you know, we're going to Sinners and Saints. You're welcome to come join us. You'd have a lot of fun. And Mrs. TRG said, oh, okay, thanks. And no, I can't help myself, right? I need to know, is Sinners and Saints uh, a dance club here in the casino? I don't remember hearing about it, this and that. And so I do a quick Google search, and Sinners and Saints is a swingers bar. It is a a, uh, a club, not a bar. I don't think they had alcohol. But uh, Sinners and Saints is apparently uh, an adult establishment in Atlantic City where people are will, uh, more than able to uh, change partners and enjoy the company of a variety of people. Not exactly something, an, an invitation Mrs. TRG and I were inclined to take her up on, but a wonderfully generous offer nonetheless, and certainly flattering to think that this uh, very attractive 20-something young lady would think that we should come over, we would have a lot of fun. Maybe we missed an opportunity. Um, so we're driving home the next day. We've had a wonderful trip. We've gotten a few more things comped off by a host while leaving our imaginary money intact. And we're driving home, and it's a long drive. It's, it's, it's a, you know, eight hours is a long drive. And as we're getting about two hours from home, I see a sign that says, in nine miles, there is an exit and I mentioned the name of the, the town where that exit is. And Mrs. TRG says, well, what's the big deal about that? And I said, my dear, that if we get off at that exit and we are nine miles from that town, we are about 25 minutes from our home casino, Casino 2. So we actually have some options here. We have enough uh, of all our supplies, all of our clothes, all of our supplies, all of our snacks and bar to set up in our room. We have enough to you know, in another 45 minutes, set up another happy hour and go hang out at our home casino, or we can just drive the two hours. I don't care which it's up to you, but you know, the reality is we're going to get home and it's going to be eight, nine o'clock at night. We're not going to get anything done. We could just, you know, hang out here and uh, go to our favorite brunch place right beside casino two and then drive home tomorrow. And she said, I don't care. And I said, I don't care, but we need to make a decision. And she decided that she was going to flip a coin with a coin flipping app. We said heads, it came up heads. We knew we weren't going to get a comped room at almost dinner time at our home casino at the last minute because they're going to be booked up, but not a big deal. There's a, a lovely uh, chain hotel right there that has great kind of junior suites that are always about a third of a day's pay. And we quickly booked one of those on one of the booking services, made the quick run, checked in, did a little happy hour, made our way across the street to our home casino, had a wonderful evening in our home casino, won some more money, and then finished up with the two and a half hour drive back to our home, which is west and just a little bit north of our home casino. As a reminder, figuring out where our home casino is, is a way that you can join the uh, Excelsior Brigade of Casino Combat that is explained a little bit on the website in the Inner Circle section, and that is also explained in episode 22. Great week. I knew that was going to go a bit long. I hope you enjoyed it. Great week, great trip. Great to meet up with listeners 
who are certainly allies and becoming friends. It is so wonderful that part of what the podcast has created is these relationships. And Gator Gambler has already indicated that he'd like to come join us. We are going to try to this summer plan a couple meet and greet opportunities, get that information out to you in a variety of ways with six or eight weeks so you can plan. We're going to try to make that happen. It's not going to be anything formal or fancy, but just where we're going to be and people that want to be there with us and and we'll hopefully all be able to get together and have and have some fun. It was a wonderful trip. What was uh what's next? What's about Oh. Next we are going to do questions my sons ask. What? What? My sons ask questions about gambling, listeners ask questions about gambling, and sometimes online acquaintances make stupid comments about gambling. I've got a couple of those to answer for you from our Atlantic City trip. First up, while we were getting our VIP tour of Oceans, ECE asked how I handle leaving a table when I'm gambling with friends and things go badly. And his point's a really good one. Those can be, it can be a difficult, difficult thing to do. You're with people you like, you're having fun, even if you're not winning, you don't want to leave, you don't want to be the person that ends that meetup, right? Neither ECE or I really wanted to have to leave because of losing. That was not our first choice. So this experience, this playing with people you like, playing with friends, playing with allies, playing with casino friends, it can mess up your positive and negative exit points if you're not careful. You've got to be aware. A win can get turned into a loss. A loss that would have caused you to leave can become, okay, I'll buy in one more time and keep hanging out and having fun. And in the heat of the moment, I shouldn't say heat of the moment, but in the course of the conversation and as, as it's roaming amongst various things, I didn't actually remember my casino wisdoms. Because casino wisdom number 33, you have to want the win more than you want the action certainly applies. That's certainly a good answer. Even when you're playing with friends, even when you're playing with people you like, even if you're having fun, if you are playing for profit, if you are not playing for fun and entertainment, you have to want to win more than you want the action, which is more than which is to say more than you want in this context, the fun and the camaraderie that that comes with it. I also could have gone to casino wisdom number 37. Have fun, but pay attention to the details. That would have been a fair one to throw out there as well. And I and I didn't. But what I did say to him is that if I'm gambling locally with friends and allies, they understand if I get up abruptly and say, I made my money, gotta head out. Gabriel's not going to get his feelings hurt. The walking Wikipedia isn't going to get his feelings hurt. Super smart Sue isn't going to get her feelings hurt. You know, they all, all are going to understand and know that they'll see me again soon. And, and that that's the way things go. And that I've made my money for the day and I'm leaving. When you're on a gambling trip, particularly if you're on a gambling trip with someone else, it can be tougher. And I give ECE credit. We talked about this before dinner. And when we played blackjack later, he said, uh, as I've shared, that he was only willing to take two losing tables for the evening. And and he stuck by that. He was very disciplined. He stuck with his plan. He, he, he did all those good casino combat things, even though it's not exactly probably what either of us would have liked. Sticking with the plan and being transparent with the people you are playing with is always a good idea. An example of that would be, if things are not going well for one of us, Mrs. TRG and I will each say to the other person, if I don't win this hand, I'm going to be done and take a break. We're letting the other person know what to expect. We're setting expectations. And sometimes we win that hand and the next hand and things go just fine. 
Sometimes it's not a big deal. But the idea here is be transparent with the people you're playing with. Set expectations. Tell them what you're thinking. If it's not going well and you're going to be losing, let them know. Conversely, don't get your feelings hurt if you're having fun and winning and they decide they've got to take a break or step away. You'll see them again. It'll be fun again at some other point in time. Honesty, transparency, just the things ECE did with me, absolutely perfect. Having said that, regrouping and or recording and continuing are also options. And I talked about this a little bit in episode 64, but that's kind of a heavy episode. So let me just give you a couple quick examples. Maybe we're at our home casino. There are limited tables. It's a busy Saturday night. We don't necessarily want to move. We don't necessarily want to play separately. And maybe Mrs. TRG has won some, and maybe I've lost some, and I'm ready to be done, and she's not ready to be done. So what will I do? I'll take a bathroom break till the end of the shoe. Then we'll record her win, we'll record my loss, we'll redistribute chips and or cash so that we both have the right amount of money in front of us, 10 units each. If there's extra money, it goes in my pocket, and then we continue to play. We're not going to necessarily split up. We're just going to record the results and treat the same table with a different shoe of cards as a new table. And sometimes that allows us to continue playing with people we're enjoying playing with. And that works fine if you're playing as a team with shared money. What if you're solo with friends? Myself, locally, and let me say, this is an advanced skill. Do not try this if you are just beginning to employ I should say deploy. That's a much better word choice there. If you are just beginning to deploy casino combat tactics, if you're just using beginning to deploy the casino combat arsenal, you probably need a little more space between tables to take a break, walk away, get out of the gambling space, and think things through before you dive back in. But as I said, an advanced skill. Just me playing locally. I will skip sometimes the walk away and find another table part and just record my results, document everything, get my play stack right, either with chips previously won or by adding a little bit of cash, and then start right over on the next step in my process. So maybe I get to minus seven in my play stack and I've got five in my win stack. I record the minus two. I add the necessary chips or funds, and I go back about it. Or the opposite, obviously. You get to plus eight or nine, then you lose six or seven, and you record the win of a couple units, three units, whatever it is, and you start over. Your documentation is right. No reason to not just keep going. You can even, if you're a notebook person, you can just make a note in the notebook, one minus two, plus two, whatever it is, and keep going especially when I'm gambling locally and gambling by myself. I am focused on getting to my day's pay number and getting out or on completing the entire three-tier Meta Martingale sequence and accepting my loss for the day and, and moving on. And I'll often play the first three or four air quotes tables of the Meta Martingale all at the same table, just recording the details as I go and then coming back into the game. It's just the way I approach it. But as I said, that's an advanced skill. That's not something you want to try at first. But if you're playing with friends and you like the dealer and you like the company, there's no reason to always necessarily do the entire get up, walk away, rethink, take a break, look at the fountain thing. 
If you need that, do that. If you're upset, if you're unhappy, if you're angry at yourself, if you're angry at something somebody else did, by all means. But if you're emotionally fine, if you're emotionally neutral, and you just hit your negative exit point and you've recorded your two-unit loss, there is nothing wrong with saying, that was a losing table, I lost two units, my bankroll is fine, I'm going to make my play stack fine, I'm going to start over right here, right exactly where we are. It was a great question from our Inner Circle member, a great question from the East Coast Emissary of Casino Combat. And the next thing I wanted to talk about as we kind of segue here and wrap up this segment, this isn't really a question, it was a statement from someone. I already talked you through how we went through our room upgrade process at Caesars. And so I'm in a Caesars Facebook group and it's often a very negative group. It's often a group where people are complaining about something Caesars did for them or to them or something they didn't like or a perk that's been taken away or what have you. And I thought this is an excellent opportunity. And I made a quick post to the group about what a great job Caesars team had done to handle my request on the room. And several people said, good for you and enjoy the room and blah, 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 blah. But there was one dude and there's always one who had to jump in. And I've, I've seen this before. I see this comment a lot, but he has to jump in and be very snarky. Who cares about the room? You're only there long enough to sleep for five hours and shower. The rest of the time is spent drinking and gambling as much as possible. I don't get why you care about your room. And I certainly don't get why you'd pay to upgrade a comped room and pay them money when all they do is take yours. <sighs> really? All that anger. Something tells me this dude, and I'm not even giving him a name. He's just this dude. Uh, and maybe it is. He's this snarky dude, but that's just an archetype. <laughs> a lot of anger there. Uh, I, got a, I got a sense that some of his casino gambling is rage-filled, alcohol-induced stupidity. <laughs> and that's fine. Uh, what I said to him, and, and what I want to express here, is that Different people casino, and yes, I'm using the word casino as a verb, different people casino different ways. If the way this guy enjoys casinos is to show up, drop his stuff, leave until the wee hours of the morning, come back, sleep for five hours, shower, and repeat the whole process of drinking as much as possible and gambling as much as possible, that's cool. I'm not judging that. I have no opinion on that at all. Unless, of course, he is gambling with money he needs to pay his bills and cannot afford to lose. I Good on you, man. Go. Enjoy. Hit that binge. Tear it up. Go on a bender. But don't judge other people. You don't have any right to judge other people. My wife happens to enjoy having coffee in a nice room and looking at the ocean. And I'm more than happy to spend a tiny little bit amount of money after they've already comped me the room and the resort fees to let her have that. We like hanging out in our room together. Sometimes that's for brunch. Sometimes that's for happy hour. Sometimes that's coming back and sitting on the nice couch with the nicer TV and enjoying the lights of the city and having a glass of wine at the end of the evening to wrap things up. I sometimes work in the room. I live a large portion of my life in casinos. I like that. I like living a casino lifestyle. I don't gamble 19 hours every day when I'm there and just use the room to sleep for five hours and shower. As I said, I don't judge people that casino that way. Good on them. But I think casinos that judge other people for not casinoing the way they casino are small-minded. And I think then to jump in on somebody's thread on 
social media and make a big deal about it is is just dumb. Maybe dumb isn't the right word. Maybe it's just that they're small-minded. Or maybe they're just jealous that they don't get comped and or can't afford anything more than a basic room. Don't know, but that is my answer to the comment, who cares? Some of us do care. Some of us enjoy all aspects of life in a casino, not just gambling and drinking 19 hours out of 24 every time we're there. All right, let's share a moment of casino wisdom. Casino wisdoms combine knowledge of or experience with casinos and an action to be taken in certain situations. And usually when we share a moment of casino wisdom, I give you the wisdom first and then explain the knowledge or experience part. I'm going to do it backwards today and start with how this wisdom was created and then give you our newest wisdom. So the first thing I need to share with you is that after uh, a significant casino discussion, Mrs. TRG has concluded that she can increase her default limit size. Mrs. TRG's preferred table limit has traditionally been something that involves red chips, $10 table, $15 table. Occasionally now we even see a $20 table, which just seems weird. But uh, that is has tr- traditionally been her preferred unit size. And she would, when necessary, uh, New Year's Eve, da 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 she would go up to a, a green chip as her unit size, uh, one green chip, and she stays pretty close to that. She does not range her bets from one to three. She more ranges her bets from one to one and two-thirds, just more her preferred style. Not for me to judge, her money, her time, she can play her way. But uh, she's recently increased her limit size, which makes her comfortable at a wider range of tables. And so we were, we'd played a good bit at Borgata. And uh, I, I think actually the one day before we, after spawn, before we went over to meet, to, to, uh, to meet ECE and uh, the Empress of Atlantic City, Atlantic City Empress, I have to remember that one better. Uh, we're unscripted, folks. She joined me to play. We sat down at a table that was above her normal limit. She's playing at her new her new unit size. And I realize it as a, the dealer has an A6 and takes a card and it hits me. We had taken a table where two people could play and we didn't play, where we could play together. When I say two people could play. We had taken a table where we could sit together and play. And it was a lower limit than we'd played the night before. And I didn't quite realize until that moment that the less expensive tables were eight decks. The dealer hit all soft 17 versus the tables we'd been playing the night before, which were at a green chip level, were eight deck shoes with the dealer standing on all seven soft 17s or all 17s. Doesn't matter. Those are those two different rule sets almost in the same pit, right beside each other, the second set, the six deck tables at the higher limit, take away some of the house's advantage. And I mentioned to her just in passing, we need to remember for the rest of our stay, just because these seats are open, those are not necessarily seats we want to have. Just simple observation, no more than that. And so we're, as I said, over drinks as we're, as we're having some champagne uh, in, uh, in ECE's room. He says, I think... I really think I've got a new casino wisdom for you. I think this could actually be one. And he hits me with casino wisdom number 
40, our new casino wisdom for this episode. And that is always play the best rules your wager will buy. And instantly, right in that moment, I remembered my conversation with Mrs. TRG. And I'm thinking, yes, yes, exactly. That's what we just talked about before we came over here. It's an amazing piece of serendipity that he hits me with that just a few hours after we had had that conversation. And he has some excellent example. One of his examples, and I've encountered this myself, is people who play $100 a hand or $2 a hand at blackjack at an eight-deck table where blackjack pays six to five and where the dealer hits on all 17. Because in almost every casino I've ever been in in North America, if you're playing more than $100 a hand or more, there is a high limit room with the best possible rules other than maybe surrender. There are places where $100 doesn't get you surrender, but it gets you all the other good rules, and the house advantage is much smaller. And one of the core concepts is to play wagers to play games with the minimum house advantage possible. We want to lower their advantage as small as we can. This falls right in line with the core concepts of casino combat. And that's an excellent illustration. If a hundred dollars a hand will get you better rules, go to the table with the better rules. He had another excellent example. His point was that if you have a very large free bet, suppose that you do not normally play a hundred dollars a hand. And you have a very large free bet that you get to make. And you're going to make it on roulette. And the size of the free bet can be made on a wheel in a high limit room with a single green zero. You would be very foolish and not following this casino wisdom if instead you made that free bet wager on a wheel with three green zeros. A zero, a double zero, and a triple zero. That's not smart. That's not wise. And we do want to be wise. We want to be attentive to those things. So ECE is right. The East Coast Emissary of Casino Combat is 100% right. And Casino Wisdom number 40 that he has created for us is absolutely on point. Always play the best rules your wager will buy. And that is an excellent addition to the Casino Combat Book of Casino Wisdoms. Thank you, ECE. Thank you very, very much. We have got some virtual scotch in the virtual VIP lounge. Let's go share some sips, and I've got an interesting story for you. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must-listen-to moment in gambling podcasting, the virtual VIP lounge. Our lounge is open, as always. And as always, our VIP lounge has the best virtual everything virtually all the time, including but not limited to handcrafted locally bottled soda and artisanal pop. In keeping with our story today, I am enjoying a blueberry Red Bull, although maybe it should have been an angry orchard. (laughs) As I always say, if you can, press pause, join me in a drink. I love it if we can do that. If not, please virtually help yourself to something that I've virtually provided for your virtual enjoyment. What I have for you today is the tragic tale of Angry Blueberry Bonnie, a blackjack 
player I met at Borgata while Mrs. TRG was at the spa. And when I sat down, Angry Blueberry Bonnie had just a, a couple chips, a few chips in front of her. Uh, she's making a $25 bet as her main bet and a $5 bet on her side bet, a side bet, not her side bet. And for the most part, she's just making this same bet over and over. And what initially caught my attention was that she kept slamming her bets down and muttering a bit. Clearly something was going on. And a waitress came by and she ordered a blueberry Red Bull and said, don't take long. I'm not playing this stupid table much longer. You need to get back here. Why you would take that tone when somebody's going to bring you a free Red Bull, I'm not sure. And maybe she'd had a couple Red Bulls before and she was a little hyped up. The Red Bull arrives. The waitress does not get tipped. Angry Blueberry Bonnie, or a triple B, if you will, slams the last of her chips in the circle, puts her last two red chips in the side bet and says, I'm going somewhere else. I can't win here. And she lost. And she rolled her eyes. And she took a sip of her Red Bull. And she pulled out another $200. And she continued the same betting process. One green chip on the main bet, one red chip on the side bet. Now, I'm using TRG Wagering System 2, always be grinding, and I'm slowly grinding. I'm adding chips to my win stack as she loses the next $100. Muttering, rolling her eyes, slamming her chips. She obviously has not learned Casino Wisdom number 42. Have a winning mindset or or don't gamble. She obviously has not learned that Casino Wisdom. A triple B was just angry and losing. And again, she tells the dealer she's leaving. She's leaving. This is ridiculous. She can't win. All she gets her 16s. And she sits. And she waits. And she rolls her eyes. And she taps her Red Bull can on the table. And she says, mark my spot. I'm going to the ATM. And she comes back with $100. And that's three hands the way she's betting. But it isn't. She loses the first two bets, slams the two red chips on the side bet, and the remaining green chip, and the red chip that's left over on the main bet, and says, this better win. This just better win, and she does win. She wins the side bet and the main bet. So she gets paid pretty good on the side bet. She gets paid on the main bet. She has a little extra on the main bet. She makes a $75 main bet and just a $5 side bet. She wins the main bet. And I'm thinking, okay, here we go. All right. Fabulous. You're finally moving your bet around. You're finally giving yourself some chance. And now that she's won a couple hands and won a little money, she returns to flat betting the table minimum. She's doing that because now she's won back some money out of anger. And it dawns on me and I realize and it settles in. And this is why I remembered the story. And this is why I wanted to just share it with you quickly today. As I sit here sipping my blueberry Red Bull, it hit me. She's actually right. She can't win. She can't because her wagering process is so horrible that she really probably statistically has a chance approaching zero of winning her money back. Yes, there's some minor statistical chance that she can win 22 bets in a row or whatever her number is, right? Or she could get back-to-back magic whatever, one in 3,000 chance the side bet. She could, but statistically speaking, her chances of getting her money back approach zero. So when she said, I can't win, I can't win, I can't win, she's literally right. She literally cannot win the way she was playing. All the way back in episode one, I shared the core concepts of casino combat for the very first time anywhere. And I said, to beat the casino, one thing you must have is a wagering system with progressive, which is to say, moving your bets up after a win or a series of win, and regressive, which is to say, moving your bets up after a loss or a series of losses, you must have those components 
in a wagering system. You cannot realistically expect to win if you just make the same bet over and over. Angry Blueberry Bonnie demonstrated and illustrated that to me, and I thought all of my, all of you, all of my listeners, all of our squad might enjoy this illustration of what went on. I thought you might enjoy this observation of someone whose own words and whose own understanding of the things we teach and talk about here made her absolutely positively right. And I'm not trying to say I told you so. I felt bad when she went to the ATM again. I felt bad when she came back with $200 this time, especially because that means that she paid the ATM fee twice. She could have paid the same ATM fee and got all $300 the first time. And I felt bad when she finally, after another chew of muttering and shaking her head and slamming her chips and accusing the dealer of of making things difficult her and blaming the dealer for the 16th. I felt bad when she finally left. But I hope some of you will get some confirmation out of this. I I don't tell you the core concepts just because I, I made them up. I tell them because out of the School of Hard Knocks and out of observation, I've seen this over and over. And I thought Angry Blueberry Bonnie was just a, an, an excellent person to, to share with all of you and to tell you about. So please, tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host. Don't tip away your wins. And if the, I have spoken, everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. I truly appreciate it. I enjoy doing this for all of you, and I hope that in some way I have made your day better. Thank you very much.